one of the ways that we let God's love flow through us is what we've been talking about is intercession. Amen. We talked about intercessory prayer last week. Amen. So we let the love of God flow through us by, by intercession. Amen. You know, we can talk and gripe about people and criticize people. But, you know, have you realized what I realized? That people are people. And that there's just not any perfect in the world. If I'm looking for somebody that's going to do everything right, I'm going to have to throw everybody out. Amen. You're just going to have to trash everybody because there is nobody that's going to do everything right. There is none worthy. There is none. All of us fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. We all sin. We all miss it. Amen. We all miss it. But that shouldn't keep us from interceding. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, family, Jesus is coming back soon. And this is the page we're going to have to get on. God, Jesus is coming for a, a bride that is without spot or blemish. And he's, and he, and he's coming for a, a body that's in unity together. Amen. There's not going to be any divisions or schisms among us. He's coming for, and we might as well just get, we might as well just get on the page he wants us to get on, hadn't we? We might as well just get over in the love walk. He's not going to take no for an answer. Amen? So we might as well just get there. Get in the love walk. Amen? You know, one of the things that Pastor and I said um, when we started this church and we're still saying it, and we're not going back down on it. And uh, we hadn't got there in all the sense that we'd like to, but is what Matthew 21, 13 says. You know, Jesus, He came into the temple, and He ran out the money changers. Remember that? And He said, and you know, that's one of the only times, one of the few times, I should say, that we really saw Jesus rise up and get, you know, you know what I'm saying. And He said... Uh, he ran them out of the temple, the money changers, because, see, they were in there for the wrong reason. It wasn't because they was buying and selling. It was, it was that they were, that they were not even, it, it was not, their hearts weren't even in, you know, they uh, were selling uh, sacrifices, and that might not have been anything wrong with that. Anymore, it's wrong to have a Christian bookstore, but it would be in your church, but it, it'd be wrong to be that, be your only motive for having a church, wouldn't it? Anyway, but he said, uh, you know, my house will be called a house of prayer. And, you know, he didn't ever say, now my house is going to be called a, uh, you know, a house of prosperity. Although we know he wants us to prosper. And he didn't ever say, well, you know, my house is going to be called a, uh, you know, a house of fellowship. The most churches could do good if it was just house of fellowship. The church I came out of, the house church I uh, was raised in, or, you know... Uh, uh, there's a, not a lot, but you know, Jesus said one thing. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And you know, he was talking, I think, in two dimensions. I believe he was talking about, of course, we know he's talking about the temple there. And we know he was talking about the, the, this house committed to God, that we as a corporate body would be called a house of prayer. But I believe he's talking about me. I'm a temple of the Holy Ghost. I believe that we're individually to be houses of prayer. In other words, I'm supposed to be a walking prayer machine. Hallelujah. I'm all, I'm all over this city all the time. And you know, what do we have our mind on? 
Hallelujah. We need to get our focus on some other things. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. When we're going, uh, you know, not going to uh, TJ Maxx and fighting over parking spots. You know, you can't hardly get a parking spot at TJ Maxx and at Piccadilly. I mean, you got to pray and believe God before you leave your house. You do. I mean, you really do. And, uh, you know, but getting our mind on prayer. Getting our mind on, well, I'm a walking house of prayer. While I'm driving down the road, I'm a praying. Amen. While I'm walking in the building, I'm praying. You know, Charlotte, I'm my you can pray under your breath. I, I pray at the stoplight, and I know sometimes people look over there, and I think they just think I'm singing to the radio. If you if you want to fool them, just pat your hand on the steering wheel, of, you know, a few times or something. And, you know, they'll never catch it. They'll think, you know, because I've seen some girls getting with it, you know, singing, you know, in the car. Have y'all? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But anyway, they'll just think you're singing some old heathen song or something, and it won't be a, won't be a problem. But, you know, just to be a walking house of prayer. Just to be a walking house of prayer. Just praying for things you see. You know, a, a needy people. Maybe you see somebody in a wheelchair. And just say, oh God, order his steps. Raise him up. Amen? Just, you know, right there, you saw him. And you're, you're lifting him up before the Lord. Lord, bless this lady today. Lord, thank you. You know, and, and the checkers always tell me when they've got a headache. I don't know what it is. They always tell me they got a headache. Do they confess all their aches and pains to you? And you'd probably have one too if you stood in front of a checkout stand at Walmart all day and, and, and put up with the people that come in Walmart. Amen. I mean, just the thought of that place could give you a headache. I mean, it really could. <clears throat> and so just being a walking house of prayer everywhere you go. Amen. Amen. Just having our mind there, not changing what we do, still going to the grocery store, still going to TJ Maxx. Plus, God, I'm sure glad God's not asking me to give that up. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's my favorite store if anybody wanted to know. Hallelujah. But anyway, um, just, uh, just being a walking house of prayer when you go there. Amen. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, and I this temple will be called I, my house. Lord said it'd be called a house of prayer. I'm a house of prayer, and that your house would be a house of prayer. Your home, your home would be a house of prayer. I tell you, it'll change the atmosphere in your home if you walk through your home praying. You ought to go in your kids' rooms and pray when they're not there. Amen. Go in there and pray and lay your hands on their pillow and speak the word in their rooms and uh, just pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Keep that place cleaned out. Keep your house cleaned out. You know, if you and your husband have gotten into strife, and all of us have done that at one time or another, or you and your wife gotten into strife, you know it's always husband's fault, right? Amen. All they say, amen. No. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, we'd be lying if we said that. How many of you would agree that it's about 50-50? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> I'm getting an amen. amen. Y'all will agree with 50-50. Anyway, you know, just cleansing that out of there in prayer. You know? Getting that out of the atmosphere. Because you know that stuff can be in the atmosphere. Have you ever walked in a room and you could tell? 
Something had happened there. Somebody had said something. There had been some words there. So just, you know, be in that house of prayer. Get in your house to be a house of prayer. Praying over your, praying over your bed. You're the husband and wife. Pray over your bed. And if your husband's not where he needs to be, praying over his pillow and, and praying over prayer cloths. And put, I believe in this stuff. And anointing him. I mean, anointing the side of his side of the bed with oil. Man, I'll come help you do it if you want. If you, man, I tell you, I have. We, I've been there before with some women. Yeah, I mean, we, you got to get in there and you got to be a house of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you can do that. I wouldn't move in a house that I didn't clean it out with prayer first. If anybody had ever lived there first. And mine, I moved in is brand new, but there'd been, there'd been uh, uh, builders there. There'd been, uh, there'd been contractors there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When they, after they painted the inside of our house, I hung a sign on the back door and said, no smoking in this house. Before they put anything in it, I, I didn't say much. But as soon as they put the, started putting the paint on the wall, I hung a sign, no smoking. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't want it absorbed into the walls, you know. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, just be in a house of prayer. And putting people, just loving people. Letting God love people through you. Not looking at their faults. You know, just like Jesus doesn't look at yours. He's not looking at your faults. He's not magnifying your faults. Amen. He's not. He's not. He's not. A, he's not focusing on the negative in your life. He's a faith God. Amen. Hallelujah. He has, He's in so much faith that you've been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life uh, before you were a thought to your mother. Your name. He knew your name. He knew what she had named you. I know some people, he shook their head when he realized what it was going to be. Like, dear God, that woman, you know. But, you know, really and truly, I'm, I'm kind of amazed. Now, I do think some moms just flat missed it. I, I mean, I've heard people name some things that's like, oh, Lord, help them. But, uh, but I've, I'm amazed how much that is ordered. I mean, I look at my name and it just, I don't know if I, 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 I changed to fit my name or if my name... My, if my name made me what I am or if I don't know how it worked but anyway and same with Michael you know and of course we both have Bible names but uh and that was not because our parents were spiritual it was purely ac uh, accidental on their part probably not on God's anyway um but just uh, uh God knew you so he knew you and he wrote you in the Lamb's book of life some people think, oh, you know, you need to get saved so you can get written in the Lamb's Book of Life. No, you get, need to get saved because you're already written in there because God's a faith God. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. And the only way you're ever going to get out is if you die not knowing Jesus. He says He's going to blot you out. Amen? He's going to blot you out. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, you're written there. You're written there. Amen. And he's not taking into account your faults. He's not taking into account your weaknesses, your frailties. He's not expecting you to, to do anything under your own power, your own steam anyway. You can't do anything without God. You can't do anything without God. Amen. There's nothing. I mean, you may think you're doing something, but you can't do anything. Even sinners, if God wasn't helping them, if God wasn't there, hallelujah, no telling, hallelujah, glory to God. This whole world's being held together by the power of His Word. Yes. The whole thing would unravel. Amen. Amen. 
Praise God. So, you know, as we become intercessors, we don't look at people. You know, the more you're an intercessor, the less you'll be able to find fault with people. Amen? And you know, we're just supposed to, on purpose, take people that, that are unlovely and pray for them. You know, Jesus said to bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. So the meaner somebody is to you, the more you're supposed to pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, when you realize how little effect, you know, I, it don't matter, you know, what you think of me. It don't matter what you do to me. It don't really matter what you say about this church. It doesn't really matter if you come or go. I'll just tell you, you have very little effect on how my life turns out. It's me that has the effect on my life. And when I realize that, I don't have to get all upset by when you act bad. And you don't have to get upset if I act bad. Because I'm not going to be able to keep you from your glory. I'm not going to be able to keep you from your prosperity. It don't matter what I say about you. I can't keep you from succeeding in God. Amen. I could call you a low-down, dirty uh, snake. You know, I could... Well, I can't think of anything real bad to say about you. But um, I could call you all of that. And you know what? If you really know who you are in Christ... It won't change anything about your future. Now, it'll change a lot about mine. The Bible says that when I speak a curse on somebody and they don't receive it, where does it go? It's like a boomerang. It just comes right back, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, see, when we realize that, we can be released to just pray for our enemies. Really, nearly to just, you know, just laugh it off. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And that frees us up to be intercessors. That frees us up to be intercessors for our old mean kinfolks. Do y'all, any of y'all have any old, ornery, mean kinfolks? Hallelujah. We can be the intercessor. I, I just want to be God's woman in the earth. Don't you want to be God's man or God's woman in the earth? I mean, He says He's looking for somebody that He can use. And I want to be saying, well, I, God, you can use me. Amen. I don't want to be one of his problem children. You know, that one that's got so many problems, they can't do anything for God. You know, or one of his spoiled brat children. You know, God's got some spoiled brat children. He really does. That all they think about is themselves. And man, if anything ever goes wrong, they blame him. They blame the preacher. You know, when people blame, when people get mad at God, they always get mad at the preacher. Because he's like, you know, the only thing of God that they see in the earth. And so it's like, well, you know, I can't see God to be mad at him, so I'll just spit at the preacher. I mean, that's what they do. And so I'm just like, oh, well, God, they're mad at you. I can tell because they're acting ugly to me. So they're mad at you. They're not really mad at me. Because really, you know, I know they're not mad at me because I don't have any power to stop them or hurt them or change anything. Amen. In their lives. And so we're free. We're just free to be intercessors. We're free to pray. Amen. God wants you to be an intercessor because He wants to do things in the earth and He needs your authority. He needs your authority. Genesis 1.26, we looked at that last week. He, uh, 
how he gave dominion to man. He gave dominion to man. He needs your voice box. He, need, he says, I don't do anything unless I tell the prophets first. Why? Because prophets speak. And God doesn't do anything in the earth without words being spoken. He has to have words. So he, he needs your voice to speak things. He needs your voice to speak things over your house. And um, he, needs your, he needs your hands to flow the anointing of God into people. Hallelujah. 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 He needs your authority. He needs the authority that you have in the earth. That's what He needs. And that's why we have to guard our mouths so. Because our mouths are so precious to God. Our mouths, because Jesus said, you know, no, Jesus didn't say it, but uh, who was it? James, I believe, that said it. Um, he said it inspired by the Holy Ghost, though. So just as well to been Jesus. He said, uh, you know, it, it's not right for bitter and sweet water to come out of the same. Amen. Amen. Because it'll, it'll pollute what you're able to speak and what you're able to say for God. I mean, one of the things we've got to do in these last days uh, is we, gotta, we just got to put a lid on it. Or like I saw a lady on TV the other day do. I mean, sometimes when we can't say anything, when we can't say the right thing, we just got to say nothing. I heard Joyce Meyer say one time, you know, that she has literally stuffed towels in her mouth to keep from talking. I mean, I mean, just want to say something that she knew would not be right to say. See, if you really want God to use you in prayer and intercession, you got to get rid of the, the negative stuff. Because there's an anointing that come, will come on us. And, and I've been hearing some of the preachers say that as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, and we're so very close, that literally everything we say will come to pass. And so it's so dangerous. The more, you, the more anointed we become in Christ, the more, I mean, the more of the anointing we carry is what I'm saying the more of anointing He releases to us. Amen? For these last day harvest days. Amen? To cause the church to become the glorious church. Amen? To cause us to go out and be able to get the harvest and reap the harvest. Amen? We're going to have to have a, a, a new authority and a new anointing that we've not walked in as a church. And He's giving us to that. He's giving us that to us. Let me say that. Right. And, 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 and so if everything you say is going to come to pass, you're going to have to have a real grip on what you say. Amen? And, that, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, God didn't kill Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, He didn't reach down and strike them dead. They just didn't know the hour and the season they were walking in. It was such an anointing. At that, the anointing was there was the anointing. It was the anointing was so powerful at that time that you could not lie to God and lie to the Holy Ghost and get by with it. Amen. Amen? Just like God didn't, you know, reach down and he, there's see there's laws that govern the anointing. Just like God didn't reach down and kill that man that reached out and steadied the cart, you know, 
But he did have a rule of don't touch the cart. Amen. Well, he's given us some rules to follow with our mouth. Glory to God. And we got to be careful with our mouth. More so than we did were five years ago. More so than we were ten years ago. But we're going to see more good things. We're going to be able to see more happen with our mouth. In a faster and more, you know, instead of for confessing for ten years and, and speaking something for ten years and you finally see it come to pass, you'll confess something and see it in ten days. Or confess something and see it in ten hours. Or confess something and see it in ten minutes. As we increase in this time that we're living in, this season that we're living in. Amen? So getting a grip on our mouth. Amen? And you know, I'll tell you something. Do this. When you confess something wrong and you know it, renounce it right then. Dig up the seed. Lord, forgive me. I renounce that. I, I, I take that back. I, but in Jesus' name, no, I won't receive that. Amen? Praise God. Speaking, you know, just we, this is where we've got to get. And I'm not telling you I'm there. Pastor and I regularly on a daily basis, several times a day sometimes, I'll say, I wouldn't say that. And he'll say to me, I wouldn't say that if I was you. Just reminding each other, you know, and we're, we have that good thing that we can do that. And I know you don't always have that with your spouses or maybe if you're not married, you don't have it at all. And, uh, um, but, you know, the Holy Ghost will remind you, don't say that. Don't, 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 don't confess that. Don't speak that over yourself. Don't speak that over those people. Amen? Praise God. Not speaking those things. Just like little things. Like, son, don't, don't play in the street. You'll get run over. No, it's just, son, don't play in the street. Amen? Amen? Don't play in the street or I'm going to whoop your little fanny would be okay. That's not okay if you're not going to whoop his fanny. If you're not going to whoop his fanny if he plays in the street, don't say I'm going to whoop your fanny if you play in the street. Mean what you say and say what you mean with your children. Amen? Hallelujah. If you say I'm not going to tell you one more time, then don't tell them one more time. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And knowing enough to repent for it when you don't. Even to your kids. Not anything, you know, sometimes parents get the idea that they should always pretend to be right with their kids. Listen, your kids know when you messed up. Amen? Amen? Your kids know when you sin. And if you sin in front of them, you take care of it to them personally. Amen? I mean, I have had to go to my kids and say, me and my, maybe pastor might have had a fight or something. I mean, not a fist fight, but an argument fight. <laughs> Amen. We we stayed away from the fist fight part. He might win. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, no anyway. But we might have gotten strife, you know, in front of the kids. You know that'll happen sometimes. And um, I've had to go and say, uh, Colin or Eric, you know, M Mama sinned, and Mama has asked Daddy to forgive her, and Mama asked Jesus to forgive her, and I'm asking you to forgive me. You know, just telling them really like it is. Hallelujah. And they do. Kids kids can forgive so easy. Amen. And there's been even times when didn't discipline, you know, disciplined wrong. And just disciplined in anger and just say, no, Mama's sorry. She just lost her temper there. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. When you do wrong in front of your kids, they know it and you better tell them. Amen? Instead of pretending, well, bless God, you know daddy's always right even when he's wrong. Amen? Now, I know sometimes kids might think daddy's wrong when he is right. You know, daddy's wrong for not letting me go to this party type thing. And daddy's really right. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just making our words right. Just making our words right. Hallelujah. Not talking about being broke. Not talking about I don't know how we're going to make it. Not saying I, I mean we may not be able to make the house payment. We, I don't know, you know, I don't know where we're going to get the money. So, you know, that's not important that you know where. See, you just all you have to do is I know my God. I know God. I trust you, Lord. And Lord, I, I trust you to work this out. Amen. And He'll work it out. And He'll work it out on the highest level He can. God will always go to the highest level possible. That's something you need to know. See, sometimes people believe God, God, I've got a need. I need a thousand dollars by the weekend. Amen. And they believe in that thousand dollars is going to come in the mail. Well, that's not always, God's not always, that's not always the highest way possible. That's the highest way, but it's not always the highest way possible. And He will go, you know, sometimes I've had need before. Like I can remember back in our first church when we couldn't make the church friend. It just wasn't there. And you know, the highest way would have been for some man to drive up, pull up into the parking lot, and drop. I think it was probably like the rent was like $600 or something. I don't think it was all that much, really. It seemed like a lot then, though. <laughs> but the highest way would have been for somebody to just drive up and write out a check. Amen. Wouldn't that have been the God's highest and best? But you know, God can't always do the highest and best. Sometimes He can't do the highest and best because of how I'm believing. Sometimes He can't do the highest and best because of how much my faith is developed. Sometimes He can't do the highest and best because of things I've spoken and confessed. But sometimes He can't do the highest and best because He hadn't found anybody to be obedient yet. Amen. And so God will go another way. And I remember, you know, I, I didn't understand that then. And he said, you know, but so, and I'll tell you something else. Just teaching you real good here tonight. I'm telling you, if you owe somebody, don't avoid talking. Don't avoid things. Don't not answer the phone and not talk to creditors. Face up to your problem and just tell them the honest truth. And so, Pastor, you know, went to the landlord and just said, you know, I, I just don't have it. And you know, God, you know what God did? He just moved on that man's heart and he just said, that's okay. That's fine. Just pay me when you can. Well, now you know that's, that's still God. That's still God. He didn't throw us out of the building. And then, you know, got the landlord. I remember he got the landlord over on our side. Because... Uh, I, we got maybe two or three months where we were behind. We were paying some, but just behind on the rent. Just going, we was going through the oil crunch. The bottom just fell out of the economy in, in, in West Texas. And just, you know, just going through some things. And, and, you know, just didn't have as much revelation as we have now. But we were believing God with all that we had. We was believing God. And uh, so... Uh, uh, 
the landlord just said, you know, I'm going to put in a satellite, one of them huge big satellite dishes, you know, because something they were having to pull down for their business out of the sky. And he said, I tell you what, this company over here is going to charge me this much to put it in. I tell you what, why don't the men of your church just put that satellite dish in and I'll just pay y'all what I would have paid this people and that'll just count on your rent. So our men just got down there on a Saturday morning and all they had to do was dig a hole and pour a little concrete in the ground and, and put that pipe in the ground. Well, I mean, it might have been a little harder than that. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't anything too smart for them. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God just, God just working through channels. God will always go to the highest. So I talked about last week in intercessory prayer, always pray at the highest level. Amen. Especially when you don't know somebody. You know, somebody comes up to you and, and, and they say, well, you know, my sister uh, over there in uh, Foley, she's got uh, this diagnosis or something. And so, you know, you've got her. And they said, would you pray? And you said, yes. Number one, when you said you'd pray, pray. If you aren't going to pray, say, no, thank you. I pass. Amen. Because if you say you're going to pray, that's one of the most important things is to keep our word. Amen. Amen. If you say you're going to pray, pray. If you don't think it's somebody that you want to carry into deep intercession, pray right then. Just say, well, here, let's just agree right now. Let's just pray. And, and pray for them. Right then. Just pray right then. A lot of people that say pray, they don't even really mean pray. They don't even know what prayer is. They don't even know how to pray. You shock people when you say, okay, let's pray right now. Amen? But I tell you, that's a real good way. Because some people are just throwing it out there. Amen? And so uh, that's a good way. But if you say you're going to pray, pray. And if you get down in before the Lord and you don't know this woman down in Foley, you don't know what she's speaking, you don't know what she's confessing, you don't know what she's believing... Amen. She may be believing to go live with Jesus. And you don't know. But I tell you what you pray. You pray God's highest and God's best. You pray God's highest and God's best when you don't know. Amen. Pray He sends His Word and heals her. Pray He calls a labor to come across her path to speak the Word. Pray that He raise her up. Amen. Pray she'll live and not die and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. Amen. See, you can you pray God's highest and best. Now, when you know somebody personally, and you find you, you talk to them and you find out where they're at in faith. Amen. And you get in agreement with them. See, you're going to mess their faith up if they're saying, Well, I'm 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 just you know, I'm just believing that these doctors are gonna find everything and they're gonna get it all, you know. And they're saying that, and that's what they're believing. And you say, oh, no, 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 sister, I'm praying that God heal you, and you don't even have to have that surgery. Well, I guarantee you they're going to have to have that surgery. That's what they're believing. Amen? And so, now, I, now let me qualify this. Unless the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Now, if the Holy Ghost speaks to you, you do what He says. But let's just assume you're not hearing anything from the Holy Spirit. Then you find out where they're at in their faith. 
and they're believing that the doctor's going to get it all. Bible says if you'll agree, two or more agree on earth is touching anything, you'll have what you can agree on. Amen? But if you get off of their page and you start trying to believe for something that they can't believe for and they're not speaking without Holy Ghost instructions, the Holy Ghost is always free to say, if you'll, you, and to say, now if you'll lay your hands on her, I'll heal her right now. And then you can say, ma'am, the Holy Spirit just told me if I'd lay my hands on you, He'd heal you right now. Amen? So always follow the Holy Spirit. But assuming He doesn't say anything, I get in agreement with her. And guess what? She has a wonderful surgery. She comes through with flying colors. He gets it all. Amen? And she has a quick recovery. Why? Because we agree. Hallelujah. And God just went to the highest level that was possible. Uh, amen. Now, when you pray for somebody you don't know, and you pray the highest, you're praying God's highest and best, He'll go to the highest level that's possible. Amen. amen. God doesn't ever say, well, you know. They prayed for a complete recovery and no, uh, and no, uh, Complications, that's a good word. I was looking for a word. But, you know, I really want to see her to see some things, and so I'm going to answer a little lower than that and let her believe me for a few weeks or something. God doesn't do things like that. He goes the highest level that's possible. He always goes to the highest level possible. Amen? Hallelujah. And you know, uh, somebody that's a grown person, they have some authority. They have some say-so in the situation. Amen? Not, unless the Holy Ghost intervenes and does. And He is free to do that. And He does do that. Amen? Amen. And so uh, He always goes the highest level. But it, it, so, you know, and if you've got somebody in your family and, and, they're, and you, they're under your authority, in your realm of authority, and they're laying there in a coma, you take authority. You take dominion. You just became the authority in their life if they're, if they're laying there in a coma. Amen? And sometimes, you know, if we could just get people not to say anything. Amen? You just wonder if, you know, it's like, here, I'll, hold, I'll, 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 I'll put them to a deep sleep so you can speak truth over them. Amen? But, you know, you just like the... The, Jesus had to do this. Sometimes you've got to throw your old unbelieving, negative-talking kinfolks out. And it's not popular. Amen. Amen? And people are going to be mad at you for it. Amen? I mean, we're not believing for them to be mad at us for it, but we know that unbelief always wants to rail against faith. Ishmael always persecutes Isaac. Amen. Amen. And when you rise up, but I, and you know, when it comes to intercession, see, I want to tell you something. When it comes to things under your authority, there is always a way out. If you will put enough persistence, enough faith, Amen. And if you will just press through and not take no for an answer, you can always turn it. Always, if it's under your authority. Now, if it's not under your authority, you can't always turn it. Amen? But you can always turn it if it's under your authority. 
Amen? Amen. Now, uh, sometimes you got to do drastic things. You know, you got to do drastic things like that woman that I told you about a few weeks ago whose husband died in, uh, I don't re- in Africa somewhere. And uh, I, there was a car wreck, and she took him to the first hospital. Now, these are drastic measures. And, and they said he's dead. And she picked him up bodily, put him in her car, and went to the next hospital. And they said he's dead. And she picked him up and took him to the third hospital. And they said he's dead. And that hospital insisted on keeping him, insisted he had to go to the morgue, his death certificate, and they embalmed him. Now, I don't know how they do it in Africa, but anyway, they embalmed him. And she said, God will have to forgive me, but I lied to the undertaker. I told him I wanted to take him home to bury him. And she loaded him in her car, embalmed, and took him to a Reinhard Bonnke meeting. And the pastor of the church where Reinhard Bonnke was would not let her bring him in the auditorium. I can see why. I mean, there's nothing like... That'll change your service to have a coffin up the front. And uh, they let her take him to the basement. And while Reinhard Bonnke was preaching, he rose up. Now, somebody told us that this was on TBN last night. Did anybody see it? That this, they have video footage of him getting up out of that coffin. Amen. And you got, sometimes you got to, things that are under your authority. Amen. And you know, sometimes you got to look at your heart and know what to do and listen to the Holy Ghost. I know uh, there was a pastor's wife, a Rama pastor, down in uh, Texas, South Texas. And her husband died uh, right before Sunday morning service. And Joe Morris, the prophet of God, I mean, he operates over in, he, in the prophet's ministry. He was at their church for a guest speaker. And you know, this pastor had been speaking some things he shouldn't be speaking. He was in a building program. He had gotten tired. He had gotten frustrated. And he had said some things like, I'd just like to go home and be with Jesus. Listen, family, even just out of frustration or something, don't say those things. Amen. Amen. Unless you really want to go home and be with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, that Joe Morris looked at the wife and said, I mean, he keeled over before they called the ambulance. Joe Morris said, do you want me to raise him from the dead? And she said, no. She looked at her heart. She looked at what God was saying, and she said, no. Amen. We better be ready to hear from God, hadn't we? I think I'd have said yes. I would have been like, uh, what's that? Uh, who's that other evangelist? Who's that, who's that guy that's so funny and says, give me your watch? Oh, who is that guy? He was at Word of Life. He's so bold. Oh, he, he's a missionary. I can't go any further till I think of this. Lord, you're going to have to help me. Horton, David Horton, his daddy. What's his name? What's his daddy's name? Doc Horton. Doc fell over in the floor and died when David was a little boy. And his mama was washing dishes out in, I think they were living in New Mexico somewhere. 
you know, <laughs> Jesus, and uh, <laughs> in the bad part of New Mexico, not in Albuquerque in the mountains or Santa Fe in the beautiful mountains. David said, he hollered, she was in the kitchen, he hollered, he was a little boy, now he tells this on his tape, he said, uh, Mama, I think something's wrong with Daddy. She says, okay, I'll come in a minute. Let me finish washing the dishes. He said, Mama, I think he's dead. Okay, let me put these dishes up. Really? Really? And she finally came in there, and she saw he was dead, and she said, Doc Horton, don't you dare leave me out here in New Mexico by myself and, and with all these people. And, you know. and she just raised him up. She just said, bless God, you're not leaving me here. You're not leaving me in New Mexico of all places. Hallelujah. Well, Doc Horton, I think he was in Word of Life recently preaching, like this month. So he's still there. Amen. See, you, you got to do some drastic things. You know, and most people just don't carry it far enough. I'm going to just tell you. Like, uh, I was thinking about Mary Fran Varallo. I mean, I don't know if any of y'all know her, but she's the prophet of God. It comes out of Nashville and uh, a church up there. And, and her daughter had just... Uh, but now this woman knows God. Let me, I talked about knowing God. We got to know Him. And uh, she, her daughter had this horrendous car wreck horrible car wreck and uh she uh of course they start they immediately get in prayer and now mary fran you know she knows her words have power she's the prophet of god amen so she she's speaking right and she's putting a clamp on everybody that isn't speaking right but i mean it took to, to get that girl you know first they say she won't live and then they say she'll be a vegetable and then they say well you know they keep upgrading her, but it, none of it's good. And, you know, well, she'll never walk and all this. And, you know, they're just not going to accept anything but just complete restoration. Amen? And her husband's not as strong, of course, as speaking as what she is. But, I mean, he's a believer and everything. And, uh, I mean, she just had to go to some desperate measures. It finally came to a point where it's like, I'm taking you out of this hospital loading you up with all your tubes and, and, and all this stuff and got a helicopter with the doctors and the nurses screaming and yelling at them and accusing them and threatening lawsuits and put that child in a helicopter and took her to Houston, Texas. You know, you got to you got to do desperate things sometimes. You got to, and you got to carry it however long. And you know, Anna Curley, I just keep telling y'all all this stuff. Over Birmingham, she's head of the nursery ministry in Word of Life Birmingham. You know, she had that horrible cart wreck there on uh, John Rogers Drive. And I mean, she was messed up. And uh, man, they're speaking all sorts of things about not walking and stuff. She said, you know, you got, and she tells this in her testimony. You got to do what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. You got to, you got to tell doctors no when, you know, she said the Holy Spirit, they were wanting to do surgery and the Holy Spirit's telling me, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Sometimes you got to find the new doctor. Some you may have, you know, you got to, you got to do whatever it takes. If you're going to get through, 
Now, obviously, God's highest and best is for none of this to ever happen. Amen? And that's why it's important that we stay in priority. Hallelujah. That we stay in priority in praying over our children and praying over ourselves, yourself too. And, 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 and that we stay in faith and not fear. I mean, we could be in fear. Oh, God, you know, Job did that. He was praying every day, but well, he was praying in fear. He was praying, oh, God, protect my kids. Oh, God. Well, you know, praying in fear is, doesn't work. Amen. The Bible said what Job encountered, what he feared most came upon him. And so we got to stay in faith about it, but we need to be speaking over our kids and we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And we need to be pleading the blood. And you know, the Bible doesn't talk about pleading the blood. The old timers named it that. But all of this is, I'll tell you what pleading the blood is. It's taking the blood of Jesus like they did, like the children of Israel did, and it's putting it over the doorpost. It's putting it over the doorpost of your body or the doorpost of your children. That's what pleading the blood is. I, you know, you could just as easily say, I speak the blood. I speak the blood over my husband. I speak the blood over my car. Amen. And not letting fear get in. You know, the temptation to fear comes. You say, no, I'm not taking you. Fear's always knocking at our door. Always. Amen. It's on TV 24-7 nearly. All the commercials nearly are fear. Everything they try to sell on TV, they do it out of fear. One out of two women are going to do this. And one out of four are going to do this. Amen. They're trying to sell you drugs. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do y'all ever... See, sometimes we get to thinking, Oh my, look at all the cancer that's in the earth. Oh my. But you know, do y'all ever think about it? That they want there to be cancer in the earth? They really don't... You know, now in one sense they do. I'm not accusing. In one sense they want a cure. But the rub of money is the root of all evil. And this is a multi-trillion dollar business. If everybody got healed of cancer, you want to see some people mad. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you. Amen. Just wait till the church rises up and gets in the pocketbook of the medical world. Amen. You can't even find hardly... I mean, I'm changing dentists right now. I don't want unnecessary dental work. Just because I have Blue Cross insurance and you can bill my insurance, I don't want to sit in your chair and have you do this mess to my mouth. we got to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Do I need this or don't I, Lord? Amen. Amen? Now, I'm not against doctors. If we'd be dead, if it what all of us... We'd be dead if we hadn't had a doctor at one time or another. So I'm for them. Amen? But uh, there's a monetary thing that has gotten involved. And you need to be led. Because if you got insurance, they're ushering you right in. And let's see, how many tests could we possibly run? <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's true. But thank God for we have them when we need them. Amen. And you should have insurance. That's good. Hallelujah. Well, we, we could just go all night, couldn't we? Amen. Thank you, Lord. But uh, we're supposed to be intercessors. Now, I didn't even touch my notes tonight. Hardly at all. 
we're supposed to be intercessors. We're supposed to be praying for people. And, you know, going back to God's highest and best, God's highest and best is for you to be so on top of it in intercession that we have, we, we have prevention here. We stop it before it starts. You know, uh, Bill, God told Billy Brim, said Oklahoma City could have been averted. That could have been prevented if we had had prayer. When God's people didn't pray, they went into captivity. When God's people didn't do, when, when we don't do those things, we have, we've allowed things to come in our nation. The bad things that are in our nation, we, we allowed it. Christians allowed it. We allowed, I'm not saying us, you know, yesterday, but generations and generations of Christians we allowed things to, to, to creep in into our, until our nation is not even the same Amen. as it could have been and as it would have been. Amen. Hallelujah. And God's, taken, God's wanting to take us back. And through intercessory prayer and through prayer, we can go back and there can be some things restored. And there can be some, you know, and, and we saw that happen in our November elections. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. And you know, you talk about the, I mean, it was so clear. The fight, there was a fight between God and the devil played out right in front of the American people. Amen. God wanted his man on the throne and the devil wanted his man on the throne. Amen. And they had a fight. Amen. And God, had, God used the church. He may not have used you, but he used the, the ones that would pray. And he used the church. And the church... The church stood up for once, and how I be it ever so close by the hair of our chinny chin chin. <laughs> how be it ever so close? God's man was put into office. Amen? Amen. And he is God's man to bring this nation back where it needs to be and to position us for the return of or the rapture of the church and to position the United States for a uh, the end time events that are going to transpire and to cause us to be right with Israel. We got to be right with Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that was done by intercessory prayer. That was done by the church interceding. And there's some more work to be done. And you know, uh, 911 could have been prevented. Amen. And the church has not been on their toes. And we've been out of priority. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I will tell you this when crisis comes, that's not the time to start saying, Why, God, where did I miss it? How did I let this happen? You'll lose the victory if you get bogged down in that. You wait to ask that till you get, till you get it all the way prayed through to victory. And then you can go ask God why. Because it really doesn't matter why right then. Amen. It doesn't really matter what door was open. But I want to tell you tonight, shut the doors. Get back into priority. Get back into the Word. Get back to Psalm 91 and speaking it over your life and over your family. Amen. Don't go to sleep. Amen. And be used as an intercessor.
And when, when, when thoughts come to your mind, learn to examine them in the Holy Ghost. And not necessarily to say, oh, that's just fear. Or, oh, that's, you know, and, and learn to examine things in the Spirit. The Bible says, try the spirits and see if they be of God. And, you know, learn to do those things. Try things. And just see, you know, do I need to do something here? Do I need to deal with something here? And I like, this is one thing I do. And I, I, I mean, I do this. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I just wait on the Holy Ghost as much as possible. Like, I'll be in the house in the morning. I don't have a set time to be at work because I do my, I, I, my job is to pray. And, uh, and I pray best in the morning. If y'all mess up my morning, you messed up my prayer. Because I don't know, it's just never the same in the afternoon. You just don't have, I'm not the same in the afternoon as I am in the morning. And so uh, I pray in the mornings. Pastor does too. We pray separately though. But uh, then I'll kind of be through praying and I get ready and, you know, I'm ready to go to work now and do my office work. But, you know, if I just don't feel, you know, sometimes I'll just sit down. And I'll just like, I'm, it's not time. You know? Or sometimes on Saturday I may say, I'm going to go to TJ Maxx. And, you know, I'll just like wait. I don't know, it's just like I don't feel released to go. You know, and then sometimes I'll wait a little while and I'll feel released. You need to learn to do that. Now I realize that sometimes like a, I guess they don't really receive that real well out at uh B.F. Goodrich, if you just say, I didn't feel released to come this morning. <laughs> really didn't feel released to come work graveyards, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I would never feel released, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> I guess we shouldn't call them that, should we? Amen. I, forgive me, Lord. I take those words back. Hallelujah. Anyway, that late shift, I would never feel released. <clears throat> anyway, so I know that you can't always do that, but you can when you can and, you know, there's been, I, I can't tell you how many trips Pastor and I have planned and then just say, you know, we just don't have unction to go. You know, just don't feel like we have unction to leave. Just don't have unction. That Don't feel released. You know, I think we don't need to just jump in the car and assume. I think we need to be led as much as possible by the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you this. Now, if God, if every day you just didn't, like, B.F. Goodrich, I just didn't. But literally, if you, knowing that he's not a slothful man, and that he's there, if you really had strong unction, he wouldn't go. Don't go. Amen? If everybody on 911 day had followed the Holy Ghost... Now, I mean, you know, if he was having one of those feelings every week, I'd wonder about him. Amen. Amen. I, I'd wonder. But, you know, I'm telling you, if you normally, if that's not, you know, <clears throat> you need to not go where you don't. If you, if you drive up to University Mall and you just go, hmm, then, honey, just put it and drive and drive on. Amen. Don't yell, but you're, yeah, but I really need to go in and get that gift. Well, yeah, but you know it's here and it's handy. No, just put it and drive and drive on. You don't know how many times I've thought, I'm going to go here, and then I thought. And, you know, um, just avoid and wreck. Have y'all noticed that, I don't know if it's just me, I'd like to somebody contact the Tuscaloosa police and just find out, but it seems to me like there has been such an increase of wrecks lately. 
I mean, one day it was like 69 South was just littered with them. I mean, you know, you there's just, I don't know, there's something in the spirit. And, you know, we have had the healthiest year that we have ever had. The healthiest winter. Now, I've, I've gotten twice a chance to say, no, 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 ain't taking that. No, no, you know, since a little symptom. And you, no, 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 wrong house. I'm not taking it. It's not mine. I'm a covenant woman. Just and, and make a stand for a few hours. But we have had a healthy year. And Carter has had the healthiest year. He's had one little thing he had to overcome. But compared to last year, he has had a supernaturally healthy year for a kid that goes to daycare. And we went to the uh, pharmacy the other day to pick up a prescription for our normal stuff that we were. Anyway, and that pharmacist told Pastor, this has been the sickest year ever. The sickest year ever. He, he's like, business is booming. Yes, everybody has been sick, sick, sick this year. And I'm like, really? How many of you have had just really good health this year? I mean, just even more so than normal. Hallelujah. I, could, I was just amazed at the goodness of our God. The sickest year ever. That's what the pharmacist said. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's stand up together and let's just thank God. Well, we're not going anywhere, but we'll stand up.